0: you just need to get in those z's
1: and if you need to snooze we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm comfortable bed than in our pews Uh, you can always catch up with a sermon later right here on this sunday morning sleep in podcast
0: you'll still miss out on the intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that provides Some pretty fabulous music that inspires us, and children throwing us off during children's moments with their completely unpredictable responses to reasonable questions. And you'll miss the snacks in the fellowship hall after worship. But hey, we'll give you what we can.
1: I'm Chris Marshall.
0: And I'm Susan Foster.
1: And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. Yeah, Reno. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week.
0: We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kids' soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon that we gave on Sunday. So, whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up in your favorite fuzzy onesie, with a cup of coffee and whichever of the Apple AirPods you haven't lost yet tucked in your ear holes, and receive this with an open mind and an open heart.
0: A quick note. We don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question it, to disagree, to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force of the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this.
1: All right, Susan, so this Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent, which is uh, for Christians who um, use something called the lectionary, which is sort of a schedule of readings from the Bible. The first Sunday of the Christian year. So happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. And, um, and we start off Advent as this time of waiting, anticipating uh, the birth of Christ, which is one of those mystery paradox things that we talk about. Like yeah. we're waiting for something that's already happened. We're waiting for something that we believe happens all the time, which is God showing up um, in human form in our lives. Yes. Um, so, so this is the setting of the first Week of Advent is we start this journey of waiting. And for some folks, it's really a time of um, recognizing how much we need God, uh, how little we get it right on our own. And it's it's actually very antithetical to the way that most American culture approaches Christmas, right? Like the day after Thanksgiving, for people who are restrained, is when the holiday music hits the radio. Uh, if you live in my neighborhood, sometime before Halloween, Christmas decorations start showing up, and everybody gets really excited, and by the time Christmas rolls around, we're also burned out on it that we just want it to be over. In the Christian church, it's really a time of recognizing that we are longing for something. Uh, we're longing for God's presence in our lives. And so the first reading of the first day of the new year... Which is actually year A, so the first year of, of the, the first year lectionary, of the, yeah. the first of the first of the first of the first, is this reading from Isaiah. Um, Isaiah was a prophet, and um, and his job was to speak truth to power, which is what most prophets end up doing—not telling the future. That's a fallacy. Nope. nope. Um, speaking truth to power and saying, "Hey, y'all are messing up, and if you continue to mess up in this way, here are the reasonable consequences of those actions." So, you know, pull it together. Um, and Isaiah gives us this image of what it is we're actually striving for what it is that we want to have happen, um, that we haven't experienced yet. And so he's sort of casting a vision for us. And, and the scripture is from the second chapter of Isaiah, uh, verses one through five. Uh, if you're in my church, I usually make you read a whole bunch of verses cause I, I hate picking like one or oh, two. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta read it in context. Um, So this is the first little bit of Isaiah. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills and all the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation; neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the vision, right? Um, everybody's going to recognize that there is a higher truth. Than their own perspectives and their own needs and their own selfish desires. Everybody is actually going to listen to each other, that God's sort of active verbs are to judge and arbitrate to sort of help people come to um, just resolutions for their quibbles and qualms um, and not get stuck in this cycle of violence that we get stuck in all the time. Um, And this phrase about beating our swords into pruning hooks and plowshares, turning weapons of war into tools of building community is sort of, a famous one, right? So this is where we start the new year with this vision. And here's my beef with it. <laughs> um a as a as a cynical as a cynical person, which I think is, you know, I'm totally a product of my of my era, is like this is never gonna happen, right? Like this is never gonna happen. Um since I've been alive, we've been in more wars than I can name because of the way that and Rachel Maddow's Drift has a great explanation of how this has happened but the way that our military has drifted out of sort of civilian consciousness in our country. So we're not even paying attention to all of the places that we have active military engaged. I couldn't tell you all of the places. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this war thing, like humans aren't getting rid of it anytime soon. And even within our relationships, right, we, we do these things to each other. Um, you know, a lot of us just celebrated Thanksgiving with our families last week. And I can't tell you how many people I talked to that said, oh, man, I have to go sit at a table with Uncle So-and-So, who's going to whip out his kind of vicious rhetoric about whatever political issue is hot at the time, right? That we have these ways that we treat each other that it's certainly not in line with this prophecy from Isaiah, um, who, you know, like, this has been around for a while. We've had time to get this one done. Yeah. And we haven't gotten it done. So." So this is where I'm coming to this scripture from, this place of, oh, man. Um, well, wouldn't that be nice, you know? So um, I was telling a couple of stories on Sunday about people who get so invested in the outcome of whatever they're doing and get frustrated when other people don't recognize necessarily the effectiveness or the respect that they think they deserve for doing the things that they are called to do. So a story about a couple of guys who um, organized Christmas baskets for a poor neighborhood and went out to this poor neighborhood and they were delivering these baskets in this old tenement building and they were using one of the elevators and this cranky old man got in and took over the elevator, even though they filled it up with all of their stuff and said, this is my elevator. I don't care what you're doing. And they were so frustrated, right? That like, man, doesn't he realize we're doing good stuff here? Like, he should he should try and uh, at least acknowledge that, or, or a guy who was frustrated because you know he was a Christian and he was a father and he had these kids at home and and he uh, he worked at this plant where you know he worked in personnel and he kept getting in trouble for bringing uh, bringing to light things to the board that were you know racist or sexist um, in their in their employment policies and their hiring practices and he said that you know he used to have this office that was right in the central corridor of power and they kept moving his office. So they'd move him down the hallway and then down the hallway and then around the corner and then at the edge of the building. And eventually, you know, he was going to be in a lean-to on the far side of the property using a tin cup and a string to try and get work done because he just wasn't getting the respect that he thought he deserved for doing the work that he felt God had called him to. And I just thought, man, like how often do we get stuck on this idea that we deserve something for doing the work Mm -hmm. and how disappointing is it for us when we think that we're entitled to respect or even effectiveness right like even that that what we're doing should have some effect on other people that that we've missed the point that we don't we don't do things so that we get some kind of reward we do the work of god and we do the will of god because we're living into this hope that we have that one day even if it's in a future that we will never see one day we will live in a world that has justice and peace. Um, however, much of that we can control, we can contribute to, but we can't really control it. And, uh, and it, and it, it's frustrating for us when we get so invested in, in getting some kind of a reward for that. Um, St. Teresa of Avila, who was a 16th century nun, is sort of famous for walking into the courtyard at the Abbey where she was and shaking her fist at God <laughs> and saying, no wonder you have so few friends if this is how you treat them. You know, <laughs> like that things don't always go well just because we're doing the work. Um, and then it requires us being kind of seduced beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm. Seduced beyond a reasonable doubt that what we're doing has worth and that the reward for doing the work of God is doing the work of God even if, even if nobody else notices. Yeah. You know, if a tree falls in the wood, like just let it fall, Mm -hmm. right? Like just do the work for the sake of doing the work and not for the sake of how much noise you can make doing it. So that was sort of the sermon. And then I wrapped it up with the idea of these um, veterans who were going to Standing Rock to stand with the water protectors there and protest the Dakota Access Pipeline and how the the leader of the Standing Rock camp had gotten a letter from the Army Corps of Engineers saying, we want you to evacuate by December 5th, because they knew the veterans who were organizing to come were going to arrive on December 4th. Mm. And, and I think it scared them, mm. right? That, that the, these people who are protecting the water are getting more attention, are gaining more power, um, and are getting kind of public sentiment on their side. And the fact that, you know, they can shoot water hoses at protesters, but you don't want to have a picture right. of shooting a water hose or a rubber bullet at, you know, a man in uniform or a woman in uniform, like that that's not a good image. And so, you know, they just keep doing this work and keep doing this work and keep doing this work. And it might be a losing battle, but they believe the work is worth doing. Right. So that sort of <laughs> was my cynical take on this incredibly hopeful scripture this Sunday. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, I wish I could sort of, you know, leave it in that place of like, and isn't everything wonderful and the, and doing the work of God means everything goes your way, but, but that's just not how it works.
0: No, but, but, um, I get thinking about your, your stories and then I start thinking about this, the stories of our, of our, of our country and I, the stories of, well, the stories I know I heard from my parents because they were valuable to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and I think about like, um, the stories we know, like, um, thinking specifically about the civil rights movement yeah right like that was a mountain right like we were going to move a mountain right, right. and mark i mean i don't know that anybody thought that mo- mountain could be moved yeah right when it began to begin movement um but the stories that like the, the untold stories like yeah like we know about rosa parks right <laughs> right right whether we know the whole whether got we the, actually understand got, got the, all the, of her contributions happened, right? yeah but i think about the wonder my dad expresses when he finds somebody who was one of the white students who went down and and lent their power in those places, or um, when he realizes that someone who's been a lifelong friend um, was actually a lawyer who, you know, turned one way and didn't end up lynched and the guy who went the other way did. Yeah. Right. Like, like how, how we're, we're often whistling in the dark and don't even know it. Yeah. And maybe maybe there's some power in saying, I know I'm whistling in the dark.
1: Yeah, and it's worth doing and anyway. And it's worth doing anyway. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. And I feel like, you know, as a pastor, as a person, right, like I, I, I have interesting issues in my life too, like right. family issues or work issues or whatever, and sometimes it feels like, oh, man, I'm not moving the needle at all. Right. And divesting my ego from the equation. Yeah. Um, divesting myself from the equation in a lot of ways uh, becoming self-differentiated and being able to say okay I'm going to do the work that I'm going to do this is my role, this is how I contribute and it might not make a difference but I'm going to do it anyway because that's what I've been called to do, that's who I'm called to be Right, and 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 so you know like as as many conversations as, as I have with friends about boundaries and then I see them making the same mistakes over and over again, or as many conversations as I have with people at church where I talk to them about, you know, good mental health practices. And then I see themselves, them, uh, shame spiraling over and over again. You know, like we all do that, right. but, um, but it's still worth practicing. I mean, I think that's why we call Christian spirituality a practice. practice. Yeah. Um, there are Christians, of course, who think that we are a set of beliefs that we are a set of dogmas. Um, But we are really a practice. And as Methodists, right, Right. we sort of, we get our name from having a method for going about this practice, engaging in spiritual disciplines that center us personally, as well as engaging in the work that contributes to our society. So both the personal spirituality and the social responsibility, that that balance is huge in who we are um, and that there's a method for doing that, even if you don't see the needle move.
0: Even if all you do is cycle between... Doing good and, and feeding yourself and doing good and feeding yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing.
1: Yeah. And the reason that you, you know, that you take care of yourself is so that you right. can continue to do good yeah. even when you don't see the needle move.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I guess, I we mean.
0: Because that, that's an important point, right? Right. Like, self that you can, That not seeing the needle move matters less when you're centered in what you're. And who you
1: are and, and what you're doing. And who you are and
0: who God calls you to be and who God sees you as. Right. And and when, you, when you're centered there. It's still frustrating, but it's a little
1: less. It's a little less frustrating. Yeah, you can carry it. You can carry. You it. can carry it, um, and so and I, and I don't want to make us sound like righteous losers, right? Like, no, oh, well, we're, no, being, no. we're being we're being self righteous, and therefore it's okay that we lose because then we can criticize without actually having the burden of power. No. Like that's not what this is. That this is really about accepting um, that you're not always going to be able to make a difference, but you do what you can and you try and do it in the best ways that you can, and and you go from there. Yep. Sounds good. So if you're frustrated, friends, if you think, like, I'm being a good person and this person is not responding in the way that I think they should, or my boss or my friend or my spouse is just not doing uh, what I think they should be doing, you know, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not um, alone. But that it's, it's worth doing the work anyway. Yes. All right.
0: So thanks to listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on Facebook as the Sunday Morning Sleepin and um, the scripture for today's podcast was Isaiah 2 uh, verses 1 to 5 from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible and the theme music you heard is Take Me Higher by Jazar
1: It's uh, traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation some wise words that make everyone just a little bit holier. Gotta get that Sunday morning shine on. But, here's the deal. There are no magical words that we can give you. Uh, You've been blessed. The God of all creation, uh, who invented gravity and blackberries and children's laughter, and veterans who are willing to go to Standing Rock, and people who get frustrated over making Christmas baskets and cranky old men in the elevators, The God who invented all of that thought the world needed one of you, too. So don't be discouraged. The question is, whatever you believe about, what, what matters about what you do in the world? How will you choose to live into your own skin this week? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving.